0: Hey, what's going on? It's John and it's time for the Jmartcast for Monday, January 3rd, 2022. It's the new year, everybody. What's going on? How are ya? Hope you had a good New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve party. Hope you were around family and friends and just had a good time ringing in the new year. 2022, what kind of adventures and possibilities lie ahead of us in this new year? Lots of good things, I hope. Anyways, before I get too deep into the podcast for today, I have to start off with an apology. I have to run something back. Last week I was complaining about Trudeau, about some clip that I played where he was basically saying how he's going to abuse a loophole in the Charter of Rights to force on a minority what the majority wants. Turns out I got duped. And the clip, I did say in the clip that the clip was taken out of context, and there could be something else that he's saying that that uh, like uh, absolves him. But I say I couldn't think of what it was. But turns out there was something. Essentially, he was saying that he uh, does not agree with the clause, specifically. Regards to this this case, that I, and a friend of mine just told me about this. I, I talked about the clip, and there's some news articles about it. And he he sent me the news articles, and then I found the full video afterwards. But basically, there's like some school teachers in Quebec who are I think getting fired because they want to wear a hijab and they're not supposed to. And Quebec, they basically use this loophole to force them to have to wear to have to not wear it, I guess. And so otherwise they get fired. And so he, he was particularly saying that he disagrees with the clause because of like outcomes like this. So, I mean, I basically see, see, first of all, I'd like to point out that I am wrong many times. First of all, I make many mistakes. I am human just like everyone else. And, um, I do like to learn from my mistakes and, you know, so I guess like if I see short clips like this again in the future, I will be not so quick to jump on them without reviewing the full thing. But I'm also like to be like to point out that I am admitting that I was wrong. I I said one thing of what my interpretation of what he was saying is, and it turns out it was the opposite. So there you go. I was wrong. He was, he was, he was not saying what I thought he was saying. He was saying the exact opposite. But at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words, right? So he's saying one thing. Oh, he's upset about how oh, some, you know, School teachers are getting fired for wearing a hijab, but his actions, his actions are actually quite different when it comes to a different situation, right? The current scenario that we're in right now, you know, he's using the same kind of loophole to force vaccine mandate on everyone, even though there are people who are vaccine hesitant who don't want to take the vaccine. They have to, otherwise they will be not allowed to go to public spaces, not allowed to go to work, all these things that people don't deserve just for... The opinion that they have for like having medical autonomy over their body. So, again, I was wrong in his, in in my interpretation of what he was saying, but I'm still quite right in, in my interpretation of his actions, which are quite egregious. Speaking of which, actually, I'm gonna, I shared this on my social media, but I'll talk about it here as well. There was an infographic that I saw that was quite alarming. And it's basically like this bar graph with, on the y-axis, it's just total money, right? And on the x-axis, well, it's, there's, there's just two bars, basically. On a, there's one bar with just like the total names of all of the prime ministers that Canada, Canada has ever had, uh, uh, except for Trudeau. So starting from Stephen Harper, the one right before Trudeau, all the way down to Sir Johnny MacDonald. That's the left bar, includes all the prime ministers on that side. And the right bar is just simply Trudeau. And so this is supposed to be how much total federal debt all of the prime ministers accrued during their terms. So on the left side, you have all the prime ministers combined into one. And on the right side, you just have Trudeau. And so all the prime ministers prior to Trudeau, the nominal amount of money that they accrued for federal debt came out to $634.4 billion dollars. Now, Trudeau, since he's been in power in like the, what is it, four plus, five, six years, he's been in power now. Just five, I guess, because we just had the election, which was an early election, so it might have been even in just four. But his total debt that he's accrued in that short amount of time is $659.1 billion. So it's actually greater than the nominal amount from the previous prime ministers. It's, it's kind of wild to see. Now, it's not as bad, bad as it seems because these are just nominal amounts, so you can't actually make a direct comparison quite like that because... The billions of dollars spent today are don't have the same value as the money that was being spent a long time ago, like like when John A. MacDonald was <laughs> the prime minister, right? Like it's it's a different uh, comparison. So the money back then, let's say, if you take inflation into account, like a hundred or a million dollars there could be considered like a uh, hundred million now or something something along those lines. So it's not quite as stark of a difference, but it still makes you stop and look you know, crane your neck and be like, is that real? That can't be real, can it? One prime minister who's been in power for like less than two terms can accrue as much federal debt as all the other prime ministers combined. Like, you know, there's some trickery with the numbers there, but it's still quite alarming to see. All right, and I had to take basically almost a full day break there between what you just heard and now. I recorded the um, first five six minutes of the podcast on sunday and then the rest of the day was kind of full because we had some guests over we had some friends over and so i didn't get to have a chance to record the rest of the podcast so i'm doing it a little bit late on monday it's afternoon now couldn't even do it in the morning i had the client who had to train in the morning so and then of course breakfast afterwards so now it's monday afternoon sorry peeps supposed to be a monday morning podcast but uh you know, sometimes Sundays are busy. You see friends and such, so no time to record. I was too tired to record at the end of the day. I just kind of passed out. So we're getting it now. Better late than never, yeah. So we had some friends over yesterday with their kids. They have they're like a mirror image of our family. They have an older boy and a younger daughter, just like we do. And so then they're about the approximately the same ages. Their boy is like was it six weeks younger than our boy, and they're daughter's um, two or three months older than ours. So it's a perfect match. We love these guys, love spending time with them, love getting the kids to play together. And uh, it was just great to have them over and spend some time together. Hope you all are getting to do the same. Hope you're not living in fear and isolating. This is your weekly reminder that you will die eventually. So take the opportunity today to seize the day. And go see your family and friends and have fun together and live your life to the fullest. Because you don't know, tomorrow might not ever come. <laughs> whether it be due to Corona, whether it be due to a bus hitting you, or whatever. Or maybe someone you love passes away and you never get to see them. Anything can happen. So let's not live in fear. Let's live being surrounded by family and friends. And even the news with the pandemic or seems to be getting better, you know, the messaging around this Omicron variant seems to be that it's, while it's an immune escape variant, people are not getting severely ill, no one seems to be dying, people who were pretty afraid previously seem okay and are just ready to get infected and get this over with now, had one of my neighbors who came by to drop off like a nice little, it was like a cookie, I think, for my son. And they're kind of stayed and talked for a little bit. And it seems like even though they were pretty strict last year, this year they're like, I, I'm, I'm ready to give up. And hopefully that's the case for everybody. Everybody's ready to give up with the strict restrictions that are being placed and ready to move on. If you do want to take some steps to protect yourself, one thing I would recommend is making sure you take enough vitamin D. And you can even learn more about vitamin D by listening to my latest podcast, State of Health, with J-Mart, your host, J-Mart. Check it out. My latest episode was out last week. I forgot to promote it on the, on the J-Mart cast, but it is. it was out last Monday. It's been out for over a week now, and it's all about vitamin D. It's all about what it does. Here, maybe I'll, I'll just read out some of the basics from the podcast So that you get a good summary of everything in case you don't have time to check it out. But please do check it out. Go on there and, you know, give me some views. Give me some likes. Give me some shares. Give me that social media love. Come on, people. I I ain't going to get to 100,000 followers without your help. (laughs) But yeah, please check it out. Here's the summary. Main question is, of course, what is vitamin D? And I've defined vitamin D as both a nutrient and a steroid hormone. And then if you watched the whole video, I defined that further down in case you don't know what a hormone is or a nutrient is. Then what does vitamin D do? The main thing we know is it's important for bone health, right, bone mineralization, that's very important. But vitamin D is much more important than that. It is involved in the expression of over a thousand genes throughout the body in different organs. So its importance cannot be understated. It's may, way more important than just bone health then where do we get it from? We got two sources. We got sunlight and diet. Sunlight, we got UVB radiation, hits the skin, converts this thing called 7 cholesterol. blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter what it converts. It just, something in your skin already gets turned into vitamin D3, all right? That's the main way of getting it, or you can also eat it in your diet. And I go over some of the foods that are rich in vitamin D, such as liver egg yolks, fatty fish, fermented cheese. Of course, there's the supplements you can take also. So I cover all that. What else? Then I. one of the more important questions is, what's the optimal level of vitamin D3 in the blood? Then for that, there's this calcitriol test you can order. And you're looking for a, a score of between 30 and 80 nanograms per milliliter. If you do this test, if you're way below that, if you're twenty or less, you're considered deficient and you don't want to be deficient. I in the podcast I go over all the things that people might face if they are deficient, all the you know, diseases. So it's it's not something you wanna even risk. So I highly recommend supplementing. Well, first of all, get outside and see the sun, but of course in the winter time it's not gonna help much, so you gotta supplement in the winter time. And I actually recommend supplementing all year long and just supplementing more in the winter time. But that basically covers most of the things I talked about. I, not quite. Actually, I had a list at a top seven list of factors which affect vitamin D production and use in the body as well. So definitely important to know what those are. For example, use of sunscreen can diminish how much vitamin D is produced, of course. If you're someone with melanin in your skin, right, darker skin, then that is also there to diminish vitamin D production from too much sun. So if you've got melanin in your skin, but you're also living in the northern climate, then, you know, that's a bit of a mismatch with what your body's evolved to versus the environment you're in. So supplementation there is very important as well. Age, if you're age, you lose basically 50% of your production of vitamin D. So again, supplement, supplement, supplement. Then there's like levels of other um, vitamins that are important to help promote vitamin D production and use. For example, magnesium, boron, and vitamin K. Those three are the most important in terms of like their synergistic effect with vitamin D. And then lastly, most importantly, body fat content. People with higher body fat are they're basically sequestered because vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. If you have higher body fat, that pool of fat sequesters the vitamin D and basically renders it no longer bioavailable because it's stuck in the fat. It's not being able to be released and go into the different parts of the body to do the, thing it is, to do the things that it's supposed to do. So if you have a high body fat content, then you're most likely deficient in vitamin D and you need to supplement and you need to supplement more, right? More than what is recommended. So, I don't want to repeat my Vitamin D podcast too, too much, but those are the highlights there, the main points from there. Please go check it out. It's available on YouTube. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of uh, podcasts, I think I've mentioned this before, but Spotify now allows you to rate podcasts. So, if you're listening to this, stop right now and give me a rating, please. Why, If you haven't done so already, then... I don't know why you haven't, but please, please stop. Give me a five-star rating, (laughs) and then you can restart and listen to the rest. But I would really appreciate it. It would mean a lot to me. just takes, you know, a few seconds, zero, almost zero effort on your part. So please help a brother out. All right, let's see some awesome things this week that happened related to my kids. First of all, my older son seems like he's figured out the potty for number two which is amazing like you have no idea how happy i am <laughs> that he's finally figured out the potty It was a uh, quite a sore spot for a while there as we we're trying to teach him and he would fail and he you know he'd cry about it and he he would know that he would made a mistake but you know it's just like needs to, something needs to click right to for it to happen and he would be upset and embarrassed and say i'm sorry and things like that but now he's finally figured out how to correct the mistake and he's using the potty like a champ before bed. I'm just like, "Hey, buddy, time to use the potty." And I'm always I never say it's for number 2. I'm like, "Let's go for a pee-pee." And then he goes in there, he sits on it, and he's just like, "I think I've got a poo-poo, too." And then goes and pushes it out. It's just like, "Yes. Yes, my boy. Do that." <laughs> so much easier to clean up doing it that way. Uh, it was getting to the point where he, when he was having, you know, <clears throat> I guess you could call it accidents in, in his diaper. And it was, you know, it would be such a mess that I'd be like, I'm not cleaning this. I'm just putting you in the shower and I'm running <laughs> the shower head and cleaning you that way. And he would hate it, which I kind of liked that he hated it. Cause I thought it would be like a way of <laughs> motivating him to learn. Maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't. Maybe I'm a bit of a mean parent, but the important thing is he's figured it out and we can move on from here. now I just have one kid that I have to take care of dirty diapers of. So that's, that's a win in my books. (laughs) And then speaking of that kid, the big milestone accomplishment, although it's not quite there yet, but for her, she's figuring out smiling, which is an amazing thing as, as babies first learn facial expressions and smile is like the first one, right? She's not quite doing a full smile. So before, this week she would do like smiles where like her mouth looks like it's smiling but what she's really doing is passing some gas or something like you could tell because that's exactly what you'd hear but now she's developing this almost smile you know she'll curl the corners of her mouth and make it kind of look like a smile for a split second and her eyes are in conjunction with that look like they're smiling too but it's not quite a full smile yet she's just developing it but it's just amazing to see the slow little by little progression of a newborn baby learning how to smile it's it's amazing it's a miracle and i'm so happy compared to last time it's not as big of a deal to be honest because she's just a bit of an easier baby and like having her smile is just great on top of having an easy awesome baby as opposed to my first kid my son who was a little bit more challenging to take care of in the first four to six weeks of his life so when he finally did smile it was this um tear-provoking moment where i'm just like finally all this hard work for the last six weeks has been worth it i can look at you smile like it's so so dramatic and like like i definitely teared up and cried like when i saw him smile because it felt like all this work i'm doing is paying off finally whereas with with my daughter it's not nearly the same You know, it doesn't feel nearly as hard taking care of her and having her smile doesn't have this like, oh, finally the reward for having worked so hard. Now it's just like, yes, this is great. I know this is what's supposed to happen and it's awesome that it's happening and I'm going to enjoy it, but it just doesn't have the same oomph behind it. (laughs) By the way, back to vitamin D. One thing I forgot to mention is just after I published and released my vitamin D episode, there was another podcast that I really love and I follow and listen to many of the episodes that released a vitamin D episode related to COVID so I'd like to share that one as well as my podcast that one goes into a lot more depth into a lot more research so I would highly recommend looking into that one it's a vitamin D vitamin D podcast on the dark horse podcast so search dark horse podcast the host is Brett Weinstein and I think if you just search vitamin d dark horse podcast it should come up it's a it's a great one it's it's nice and long over two hours so you know you'd have if you don't have the time definitely watch it on a fast playback speed and watch it in chunks but i highly recommend it it goes into detail the relationship of vitamin d with covid specifically i only touch on that very briefly at the end of my podcast because who knows if that would might get you know (laughs) censored right I'm a Dangerous Podcast. I don't know if you heard. I have some censored podcast episodes. So (laughs) I didn't want that to happen again. So I kind of only touched on it briefly. But this podcast goes into way greater detail. And, you know, essentially, you should be supplementing with vitamin D. And public health should be recommending vitamin D supplementation, daily vitamin D supplementation to everybody. And the fact that they're not doing that is quite alarming and... I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Let's see what else. Um earlier this week my wife finished a 1000-piece puzzle. That's her family's traditional thing to do during the Christmas holidays is usually like either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day they'll start like a 1000-piece puzzle and they'll finish it, you know, before New Year's or something. So My on New Year's Eve, when my parents, not New Year's Eve, sorry, on Christmas Eve, when my parents and my family was over, we started the thousand piece puzzle. Of course, my family sucks at doing puzzles because we've never done it. And whereas Carly, you know, it's a family tradition. So she's amazing at it. So (laughs) my dad takes one look at this thousand piece puzzle. He's like, this is going to take forever. It'll take three months. (laughs) And whenever he says stuff like that, It kind of annoys my wife because she's like, "Uh, no, it's not going to take three months. Like, I'm going to do this pretty quick. Like, I know how to do puzzles. So she took it upon herself to finish it. She ended up doing it in six days. So I think uh, we started on December 24th and she finished it on December 30th. Six days. i took a picture of the finished puzzle and sent it to my dad i'm like what do you think did that like three months hey how about that and he's like pretending to be like oh he was just saying that to like make us do it as fast as possible like you know taking it back and all i'm just like yeah okay buddy i'm not falling for that (laughs) you actually thought the puzzle would take months and months to finish meanwhile carly did it in under a week (laughs) it's funny Oh, and the other thing we did this week um, was we took out the kids to the High Park Zoo. That was a lot of fun, actually. It wasn't too cold on the day we went. I can't remember exactly which day. I think it was a Thursday, I want to say. Must have been a Thursday. And we went to High Park and parked near the zoo, walked through it. We saw some animals. My older son's way more into the animals this time around than the last time we went. So it was actually really fun to have him go and see the animals. And it was a, we had one funny moment that was actually kind of gross. We saw these like, I think they look like highland cattle. They weren't really well labeled as to which animals they were, but pretty sure they looked like highland cattle. And so it was a mama and a baby. And then we saw the baby peeing and then all of a sudden mama stuck her face right into the pee. And, and drank some of it. And I was like, oh God, that's gross. <laughs> and then she kept doing it. She kept going back for more. Even when the pee stopped, she just kept sticking her face in there, like asking for more, like, please, sir, can I have some more, sir? <laughs> it's kind of gross. <laughs> All right. Before I get on to the Bitcoin update, maybe I'll do a couple of Netflix recommendations. Been watching a lot of Netflix this last week. <laughs> you know how it goes. First one, I watched Death to 2021 or is it kill 2021 i can't remember whichever one it is it's not worth watching all it is is just like all the crappy things that happened last year and kind of trying to make fun of them but really when i watched it all it did is remind me all the you know non-fun things that happened in 2021 and the jokes kind of didn't really make up for the fact that those things happened you know everything from you know all the virus stuff Masks, okay, all the climate change the crap with Afghanistan, Kyle Rittenhouse, all this stuff. Just watching it back, uh, it it was not fun to watch back. So I, I I didn't even finish watching it. I was like, forget it. This is not for me. <laughs> then I did watch that uh, new movie with Leo DiCaprio. Don't look up. Again, didn't really finish watching it because it's just like so close to home that how 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 like how this movie makes fun of like society right like basically no one can agree on what is truth right people make decisions that are not for the greater good of everybody but for personal financial gain and you know it was, it was still good i kind of laughed at, at various points but again not not for me couldn't, couldn't really enjoy it what i did enjoy was there's a new stand-ups special it's basically a bunch of half-hour stand-up comedy specials from a bunch of i think it was six comedians one of them is mark normand who is absolutely freaking hilarious i skipped he wasn't the first one on the list of comedians but i skipped to his right away because i've heard of him i've seen his he's got a free uh hour-long special on youtube that is absolutely hilarious i would recommend checking out and now he's got this one this short half-hour special on netflix which was also absolutely bonkers I won't even try to like do any of his jokes because they're, they're so good with his delivery that like it would be a shame how badly I destroyed if I try to <laughs> make his jokes. But there are a couple of other comedians that I watched that were also funny who, whose jokes that I liked, who I will see if I can recreate here on my podcast. Um, there was one black comedian, I think his name's Brian Simpson, and he was pretty hilarious. He had a joke about the R word and he was saying, actually, he used the R word in a joke. I just won't say it because whatever, it's stupid. He, he used the R word and then, you know, the, it was a good joke. The crowd laughed. I laughed. And then afterwards, he addressed using the R word. He's like, I just want to address the fact that I used the R word. I know most people don't use it these days anymore, but I'm a professional. I'm a comedian. I use it deliberately. <laughs> and then he goes like, I'm still using the R word. Because I always let them use the (laughs) N-word. His delivery was way better. But uh, when he said that, I I died. I laughed so hard. (laughs) I was like rolling on the floor laughing. Uh, It was good. And then he had another finisher joke that was all about how like Google saved his life, right? So he's like trying to make Google seem good. It was like, oh, like people usually think Google's an evil company, whatever, evil corporation. So I can't believe they saved your life. So he's like, yeah, yeah. I Googled how to kill myself. And Google wouldn't tell me how to do it, right? They just give you like a hotline to call, um, you know, to 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 feel better, right? And so he's like, "I didn't do that, but I did end up searching Reddit for how to kill myself." <laughs> and he goes, uh, "He goes, it turns out it's pretty easy. All you got to do is put a hose between the tailpipe pipe of an old car and and the window inside the car, and then you start her up, and you're good to go." He's like, "So then I went to my Gmail to." Um, cancel my therapist appointment and you know how there's like always an ad at at the top line in your Gmail like you see ads there he's like as I was there I saw an ad for an old used car and it's like these bastard Google people they won't they won't tell me how to kill myself but they'll make money on the back end selling me an old car (laughs) so it's like I didn't kill myself out of spite for Google (laughs) as long as Google's around this guy's gonna be around so I thought that was hilarious Um, I probably didn't make it sound as funny as it actually was so I highly recommend you go check that out <laughs> there was another one i watched where this uh lady was talking about how um she used this phrase that i thought was hilarious she's like i'm vaxxed and relaxed <laughs> vaxed and relaxed she was uh talking about how she's super relaxed now that she's got her vax, and uh she had this joke about how like she was she wanted to get the vax right away and she's like you know going online checking like is it my turn is it my turn and then she came across a news article so she's from la and she came across a news article that in the san diego zoo the orangutans already got the vaccine and she's like what she had this whole joke about being super angry that the fact that orangutans at the zoo got is it orangutan or orangutan there's no g at the end i believe orangutans The orangutans got. She was pissed off that the orangutans got the vax before she did. I thought it was a pretty funny joke. Like the joke was funny. I definitely don't relate to the sentiment, but whatever. The joke is funny. She wants to get vaxed and feel relaxed. That's everyone else's prerogative. Don't care. Do what you want to do. All right, let's do a Bitcoin update, people. We're on block height seven hundred seventeen and forty-eight. Bitcoin price is trading at forty-six thousand four hundred eighty-five dollars. We're back down, whatever, what was, I think it was a 12% pump last week. We've lost all that. We're back down to the mid-40s. So whatever, that means more time for accumulations, which is good. And like I always say, the price of Bitcoin does not matter. All that matters is what, is what makes it special, right? What makes it special, one of the things is it's perfectly divisible. One Bitcoin can be divided into 100 million pieces, those 100 million pieces individually are called satoshis or sats for short. And you currently, with one US dollar, you can buy 2,151 sats. So start stacking your sats ASAP and get off zero. Hashtag get off zero. No more zero Bitcoin. You can just buy a few satoshis here and there. And then you're at least covered a little bit. <laughs> if, By the way, if you're in Canada and you want to sta- stack sats, I highly recommend ShakePay. ShakePay is a dope exchange, Canadian exchange, and I have a referral link to them in all of my podcast episodes, so check it out in the description for the referral link. But they're they're awesome because their fees are low, and also they have this um you could I guess maybe you could call it a rewards program. Basically the the app, if you open the app on your phone, if you've like gotten the um if you've downloaded the app through a, rec- a referral from somebody else, so if you take my referral, you download the app, then they have it has this feature where if you shake the phone, they'll give you a few satoshis. I think they start off with a hundred sats, and then each day you come back, to give you a bit more, a bit more. I'm on four hundred satoshis now. I'm on like a few day streak. Let me see if I have the if I can pull it up on on my phone to see how many day streak I've got. So I've already done it today. So when you do it two times, it gives you this thing that says too much shaking, (laughs) but I'm on a 35 day streak and I've gotten 400 sats today. So you start off at hundred each day, you get a little bit more. And so after 35 days, you'll get to 400. I believe it maxes out at a thousand sats, but yeah, do that, check the referral link, start stacking sats and go from there. But yeah, so what else makes... Uh, so it's perfectly divisible. What else makes uh, Bitcoin uh, special for money? Well, let's go into this. The thing, The cool thing about it is Bitcoin's like a combination of a bunch of different inventions. So first we have the blockchain. Everyone's heard of the blockchain, right? The blockchain is basically like a database. It's not just any database, though. It is... A database that gets updated every 10 minutes or so approximately now it gets updated because there are new transactions that happen between participants in the network and those transactions need to be recorded on the blockchain now this brings in the second component of Bitcoin the transactions being recorded on the blockchain are actually encrypted so the second component of Bitcoin is encryption I believe it uses what's called PGP encryption. And that's kind of a funny acronym because PGP stands for pretty good privacy. (laughs) So pretty good privacy is an encryption program that provides cryptographic privacy and authentication for data communication. And so, of course, that's all it is. Bitcoin is just data. It's just data of who owns how much money or who owns how much Bitcoin. And who is giving their Bitcoin to somebody else for services? So all this data can be encrypted, which is great. And then lastly, the final component of Bitcoin that comes into this is proof of work, which is basically how we determine how the transactions get added to the blockchain, right? So all these transactions happen. And then we need a coordinated way of putting the transactions onto the blockchain in a way that all of the participants on the Bitcoin network can agree on. And this is where proof of work comes in. So some of the nodes in the network, which are the miners, basically they perform these, let's to simplify it down, let's say mathematical calculations. And the first miner to get the right calculation, i.e. do this proof of work and get the right calculation, will get to be the one who decides which transactions go on the next block of the blockchain. And so the blockchain continuously grows every 10 minutes or so with a new block added with whatever transactions that might have happened in those 10 minutes. And each block is quote-unquote mined through this proof-of-work system where the miners have to spend energy in order to mine a new block and get the reward. And for mining the new block and getting the reward, they get any new Bitcoin that gets minted up until we get to 21 million plus all the transaction fees that people pay to get their transactions on the next block of the blockchain. Was that clear? Did you guys understand what I just said? If it wasn't, maybe you could send me an email, reach out to me through social media and let me know what part of it do I need to describe a little bit better for it to start to make sense. Really appreciate that. You could reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at jmartfit. I'm also on Telegram at jmartfit, on Facebook, jmartmoves. Email me through newsletter at jmartfit.com. And that's all I got for you this week, ladies and gents. Stay active, be grateful, peace. Jmart out.